Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom, shalom. Welcome, everyone. Oh, man. What an awesome day to be alive. We live in interesting times. Uh, We are studying the Torah portions as usual. And I'll tell you what, this week uh, I was contacted by a few of our listeners, and they were like, yo, you know, these other people are getting shout-outs, and I'm listening every week. You're about to do episode 65. Where's my shout-out, man? And so I just wanted to give a personal warm shout-out to a few folks in our uh, next generation crew uh, here at Beit Tehillah in the community. Uh, Justin Sconza being the first one. Justin Sconza, thanks for listening. Larissa and Desiree, thanks for listening. Man, I'll tell you what, faithful listeners, that's what we need. And you know what? These guys, I bet they share the podcast. I bet they comment. I bet they like it. I bet they subscribe. All the stuff that the faithful listeners do, you know? And then uh, last night, all the way from Puerto Rico, we had Lester Gonzalez come back into the congregation. He's back from Puerto Rico. And you know what he did? He knows Pastor Nick and I. And he knows that Pastor Nick and I are pretty much, you know, coffee connoisseurs. Okay, connoisseur may be a bit much. But Lester brought us some coffee from Alto Grande Hacienda. And uh, we're going to be trying that uh, very, very soon. And I'm very excited to crack it open and, uh, and taste a little bit of that. So on to today's business. Uh, we are studying the Torah portion Toldot, which means generations, and this Torah portion can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter 25, starting at verse 19 and ending at chapter 28 and verse 9. Absolutely, Ryan. This is incredible. What an incredible story that's unfolding right before our very eyes. I want to just encourage all of you that the seed of Abraham is coming to fruition. You know, this, this seed of Abraham uh, has a progressive revelation, okay? Started out in Abraham as a promise to, to, to an elder, an older gentleman and a lady named Abraham and Sarah. And it is evolving, Ryan, throughout the ages into, into an incredible, uh, just the icing on the cake, a total fruition. And so we're going to jump right into this and, and make it relevant for today, because it is relevant for today. Uh, you know, where is the seed of Abraham? What's the seed of Abraham doing? And uh, hopefully it will spark something inside of you to want better. Remember, I got this saying, uh, there's a better way. So anyway, uh, as we move into this story in Genesis 25, 20, we know that uh, Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. And of course, uh, as we look at the scriptures as well, we, we find out that Rebekah's family was Syrian. Uh, it says right there that they were Syrian. Not to say that, you know, what's going on here, except for the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you up north, Syria's in the news. Uh, we look at Damascus. What an incredible... Uh, uh, place that is and city of civilization and everything. And then we're going to look at, of course, the, the, the circumstances and the problems that basically came about because what? Isaac's wife was barren. She was barren. She was barren. And, you know, Rebecca it, was barren. It's interesting because Sarah was barren and it took them, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how many years I'd have to go back and look at the chronology and the, and the ages that are mentioned, but Sarah was barren, um, uh, and then Rebecca, who's from the same family as Sarah and Abraham, was also barren, and for how long? For 20 years. We know in, uh, in verse 25, 20, they got married at the age of 40, and that uh, he prayed for her because she was barren, and then we know from verse 25, uh, t- or chapter 25, verse 26, that uh, Isaac was born when... Uh, I'm not Isaac was born. Jacob and Esau were born when uh, Isaac was age 60. So we know it was 20 years. That's a long time for them to struggle. You know, and we want to go ahead and get into the scriptures and read some of these scriptures. I'm going to have Ryan read Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 to 26. Here we go. Isaac's twin boys. All right, here we go. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. You know, when you do it all in one verse like that, it doesn't sound like there's 20 years in there, but that verse has 20 years built into it. That's right, it sure does. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, 
Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was three score years old when she bare them. Wow, what an incredible story. Once again, so uh, she's, she's barren, and all of a sudden she's got uh, something going on in her womb. Uh, she doesn't know she has twins. She doesn't know she has two children in her womb. So she's going to inquire of the Lord. And of course, here is the Lord's response uh, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 23. Uh, the Lord says, Two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separate from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. So now she knows what's going on here. Rebecca knows there's two children and that the, the elder, the older child, will serve the younger one. So she's got this prophecy in her mind. It's, in, it's ingrained in her. Uh, it's very interesting, even as you look at this particular uh, term, firstborn. So Esau comes out first. And then, of course, Jacob. And we know that uh, they're twins. Uh, this is interesting because, you know, this played out as well. And we're not going to get into all the reading of scriptures. But, uh, you know, Joseph, he pulled this one too. Uh, in Genesis 37.3, he had a coat of many colors. And he was Jacob's favorite son. All the other siblings knew this. So he was actually the heir and parent. And how many know that he was not an elder? Uh, matter of fact, he was the youngest child after. Uh, and then, of course, Benjamin would be the 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 last of the children of Jacob. But the bottom line is that we've seen this being played out before. It's very, very interesting. And just going to bring out certain points and references. You can look it up later. But uh, we're also going to see this played out when Jacob takes Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Now picture this. He's the grandfather. He takes these two boys, he puts them in his lap, and he blesses them. And he actually says, he adopts them right into the family. He says, you shall be as Reuben and Simeon. Wow, what, what a status is given, you know. Think about the status. We talked about this as well. So they're elevated now to the same uh, as the other uh, sons. I mean, that is amazing. Uh, and just a friendly reminder as well, uh, even from last week, remember that Hagar was uh, Sarah's handmaiden, and she served Sarai, or Sarah. And then, of course, what happened is because uh, Sarah actually elevated her status, and we won't get into the scripture, but... Uh, and basically said, take her as a wife. So there you have it. So think about this now. So as Jacob takes these two boys in his lap, it's Ephraim and Manasseh. We know who the older child is. It's Manasseh. His name means cause me to forget. Ephraim's name means doubly fruitful. And so once again, what does he do? He gives the firstborn blessing to Ephraim, that you will become a multitude of nations, a variety of people. Uh, Genesis 48, verses 19 and 20. And, uh, and so we can see, once again, that he put Ephraim before Manasseh, and he was the younger. Uh, also in Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, you're going to see where the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn. And why does he do that? He says, because I want them for me. Yeah. And that's why we're into the Hebrews of the Christian faith, because in the Hebrew roots, uh, Abraham was the first Hebrew. So Israel, it, it says right there, Israel is his firstborn uh, unto the Lord. And of course, Israel is supposed to do what? Be a witness to the nations. Yeah. So this is all evolving because I want to just close with this because in this particular point, um, as we try to understand what God is trying to accomplish and do, he wants a people for his name's sake. That's basically what he wants. So in Hebrews 12, 23, we have this, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. To the church of the what? To the church of the firstborn. Now, I know this is in the Greek. It's, it's verse 23 of chapter 12 of Hebrews. But, Ryan, what I'm saying is that God wants a people for his name's sake. Yeah. And within this family, we're all running in a different lane, but it's a big family. And so, once again, we can see this actually being played out, Ryan. And so, so I believe that this is where we're heading right now. Even Yeshua made the statement, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yeah. That will mess up your theology. So, so those of you that are listening to this podcast, begin to put all these pieces together. Because there's only one hope, one faith, one baptism, you know. And, and so as we look at this family, as diverse as it is, God does have a plan. 
you know, and even in Jeremiah 31, 9, you know, um, it actually says that, you know, I'm, I'm going to go there, 31, 9. We, we need to look at this. So Jeremiah 31, what, 9. While you're looking for that, you know, what's interesting about this whole firstborn idea is at the end of the day, God is looking for somebody to carry on his name in the earth. That's right. And that's the job of the firstborn is to, to be the representative of that's the right. family. And, and to, to carry on the, the responsibility. You can right. see how this is going to be playing out in this story. It, it says here in Jeremiah 31, 9, and I'm, I'm just reading the scriptures. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Come on. Wow. Ephraim is my firstborn. Ryan, think about it. Because Ephraim has the birthright. Yeah. Judah has the scepter. It makes sense now. The birthright and the scepter. So we're trying to figure out what part do I play? Where am I at in the story, Ryan, and it's all really being played out exactly like the Father wanted. You know, uh, Jesus came to his own, his own didn't receive him, you know, and I'm not giving anybody a free pass, I'm just stating the scriptures, God's plan, seems like it's coming to pass right before our very eyes, and what would Ephraim become but a multitude of nations? Right. And then Paul references it in Romans, when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, then all of Israel will be saved. So we we got to move on because that's a lot. That's a lot it, to take in. It, it is a lot, and I'll tell you what. Um, you know, with the idea that the culture in, in this day, you know, because here in America and uh, in, in, in probably most of Western civilization, we don't put a lot of emphasis on the firstborn, uh, but they did. And so, if you were a younger sibling, you were always trying to get you know one up, trying to how, how can the I get ahead? Order. Right, trying to trying to be be the next one. Um, you know, and Esau being the firstborn in this case. I mean, imagine Jacob. I mean, from the from the day he was born, he's you know some say that that, that Esau was actually trying to kick Jacob's head, and he was protecting himself when he's reaching out to grab his heel. That's true. That but goes the, back to that prophecy in Genesis three fifteen. That's right. Uh, but then planter. think about this. He, he's he's at, from the very I mean. If you're a twin and you miss the firstborn blessing by a matter of minutes, I mean, just I mean, just imagine that they're reaching out and going, no. I mean, they're struggling it's in the rivalry. womb. They're I mean, struggling the, in the, the womb. The first son of, 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 you know, with Cain and Abel, the first sons. Right. But, but they're struggling. Cain kills Abel right out of the gate. You know, even before they make it out of the womb, they're already fighting over it. And so to think that this story doesn't continue once they're out of the womb, you know, is, you know, obviously we know right. that it does. And of course, Esau, his name means Harry. He was born first. And then Jacob means heel catcher or supplanter. And he was born second. Going back to that prophecy, Ryan, in Genesis 3.15, the Messiah, you know, the Messiah uh, fulfilled it. He bruised his heel. Uh, nails went through his heels. And, uh, and he crushed the head of Satan. He, he, oh, death, where is thy sting? You know? And so you know, he, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. And so what a, what a great prophecy. See, the devil always wants to be the head, but he's not. He's not the head. And so as we move on here, we can see where you know, uh, Jacob took hold of Esau's heel because he didn't want to have, what, a crushed head. That's right. So he reached out and grabbed the, you know, the, the heel uh, to stop him from, from hurting him. So it's very interesting. Um, as, we, as we look at this, we know that uh, Isaac's 60 years old. When they're born, so like you said, twenty years have passed of her being uh, barren, Rebecca, and now they have children. So let's go ahead and, and actually read uh, verses twenty-seven to thirty-four. We're gonna have a few reading of scriptures here for everyone to tell you the awesome story. All right. So starting at uh, verse twenty-seven, and the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebecca loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and uh, and he was faint. <coughs> Excuse me. First male cook in the Bible, Jacob. <laughs> the first male cook. I yeah. I had to correct myself from last year. I think Jacob was the first cook. No, Sarah was the first cook when she prepared the bread. She was, but she was cooking for God. This guy was cooking you know, for man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, all right. So dwelling in tents, and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob, and Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, "Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint." Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, "Sell me this day thy birthright." And Esau said, "Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me?" And Jacob said. Swear to me this day, and he swear unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. 
Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. You know, here we have another uh, trail we can go down, Ryan, because this is very interesting. You know, uh, as we begin to read these characters in the Bible, our family tree, we have to decide which one are we. That's right. Are we Esau? Are we selling it short? Are we, are we cutting corners? What are we doing? Are we going to properly represent the house of Israel and ourselves with, 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 you know, with character and integrity? So, so, you know, so Jacob's like, hey, listen, sell me your birthright. I'll give you some soup. Because he's so hungry and famished, you know. This is the value system going on right now. It's yeah. a value system. Esau could have said, no way, man. I'm not, I'm not giving you my birthright for soup. Well, exactly right. He could have said that, but he didn't. And and the birthright, of course, means firstling of man or beast. Right. You know? And so he despised his birthright, Ryan. And and I want to bring some references out. And and I'd encourage all of you to go back, listen to this podcast, and write these references down, because this is happening right now. Let's let's check it out. Let's let's begin with we're gonna look at Malachi chapter one. All right. While he's looking up his his uh, his verses, um, you know, you have uh, Jacob and Esau is kind of a picture of the flesh versus the spirit. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at, at the flesh, Esau was literally a hunter, right? So he was literally going after flesh to eat. Um, he was a man's man. He was well-respected by his father. He's like, you know, that firstborn son, uh, you know, hitting the ball out of the park, doing all the things that dad wants him to do. Um, and that he was, uh, he fit the worldly standard of what he was supposed to be. Jacob, on the other hand, is dwelling in tents. You know, it's said that he's a mama's boy uh, because he's not doing all these things uh, that Esau's doing. But all the while, uh, the sages say that he's studying Torah and that he's spending time with Abraham and that he's gathering that wisdom from him as he goes. And so the question is, uh, was, was Jacob perfect? No, but with the Spirit of God, he moves on uh, to improve himself over time. And, and here it is, Ryan. So he despises birthright. Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. And I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Now think about the results of what Esau has done and his descendants now. They forfeited the birthright, the, 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 the inheritance. I mean, think about it, everyone. Now that's a, that's a strong word to have two sons and, and the one you love and the one you hate. You know, the, the, I guess you could say it's disappointment. You know, the, the, it's not the hate that we would think of today uh, in, in, in the Hebrew, I don't believe. I'm not, I didn't go back and study it out thoroughly, but I'm only bringing this out, Ryan, because we are living in times today. Are you Jacob or are you Esau? Right. So Malachi verses 1, 1 through 3 is very good. How about Obadiah? Well, the question, how much do you value your inheritance? This is what we're going to look at. Now, I want you to see these prophecies, Ryan, because we think, oh, Esau is just some historical account or whatever. Yeah, We've right. moved on. No, no, no. No, sir. It's coming to fruition, oh, Ryan. Yeah. Check this out. Obadiah, prophecy, verse 15, there's only one chapter. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen, as thou hast done. It shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. Wait a minute. Now we've got the house of Joseph a flame, but the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord hath spoken. Wow. And then, of course, look look at verse 19. And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain the Philistines. And they shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. Wow, there's the house of Joseph, there's Ephraim, there's, I mean, there's there's even Benjamin. And so we can see this playing out. So some of you are probably wondering, well, is this referenced even in the New Testament? I am so glad that you asked, <laughs> because we are going to go to the book of Romans, because this, this podcast would be approved by the Apostle Paul. 
He would actually be like a co-host. I mean, he, he could actually do his own show. So I want to get into Romans chapter 9, verse 8 through 13. Okay? I would say since we're constantly reading his letters, he's, he's halfway like Check an this honorary out. co-host. Check this out, Ryan. So now, and, and I want to just stress this to all of you that are listening. It's a revelation. We've known this, but we got to really put it together. That's right. The Apostle Paul was sent to a people that were not Jewish. They were wild branches. They weren't natural branches. Okay, now hear me out on this, because this is what it's all about right now. They were not circumcised. <coughs> they did not have the Torah of Moses. So what does Paul do? He's going and teaching them Christ and him crucified, Ryan. And so what's happening is because the Gentiles confessed Jesus with their mouth, believed in their heart, and they got raised it from the dead, they were saved. So now all of a sudden they receive righteousness. See, Ryan, they receive righteousness. So in this culture, among Judaism, you know, they didn't like that. They're like, no, no, you have to have Torah. You have to have Torah. You have to have Torah. Torah is important. Don't get me wrong. Don't put the cart before the horse. So what we're seeing played out in the story of Acts and Paul is the fact that he wanted to make sure that the righteousness came from Christ and not the Torah. Now, think about it, Ryan. They weren't circumcised. They didn't have the Torah. They received Christ... And God accounts that to them for righteousness. Because and that's faith. just like, just like right. with Abraham. Right. Why, why do we bring this out? Because in Genesis 15, we know that God accounted Abraham's faith to righteousness because he said, from your own bowels will come a son. Well, God sent his only begotten son. That's right. So think about it, everyone. Get that straight. Then everything else will fall into place. So let's, let's look at Romans 9, verses 8 through 13. Let's not take it out of context, and let's check this out. I mean, this, this is an incredible... Incredible story being played out right now. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Wow. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, or the genealogy, the lineage. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. So when the promise was made to Abraham, Ryan, he said, go count the stars. He couldn't count all the stars. That's right. He said, Abraham, your seed is bigger than just the Jewish people. It, it's, it's bigger than that, you know? And so we have to understand that contained within this promise, this word epigelia, divine assurance of good, are many different ethnic groups. And it goes on in verse 9, for this is the word of promise at this time, will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Right? Look at verse 12 of Romans 9. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Mm. I mean, Ryan, it's all right here. Right. So what's that? Who's going to stand up to the plate and hit it out of the park? Who's going to come to bat for these promises of God? You know, we got to quit. We got to quit, you know, well, we got to quit talking and start walking. I mean, think about it, everyone. Whoever gets the birthright has to carry the responsibility to fulfill it. This isn't a hierarchy, right? This is not something that we're over other people. We're better than other people. It just it's more responsibility. Think about it, right? The, you know, the Jews in Judaism are going to do what they're going to do in Judaism. But we, as, as, as Christians that have their Hebrew roots and have Jesus, we need to do what we're supposed to do. That's right. Well, and I'll you tell know, you that's what. That's the family. You've got to want it. You know, it says right here that it, it's not the children of the flesh, but the children of the promise. You know, what, what was Jacob, what was the difference between Jacob and Esau? Jacob wanted the inheritance more than Esau wanted it. And so he did everything in his power to go after it and to go get it. And he ended up getting it. Why? Because he wanted it and he went after it. And so that's for yeah. us an example that God has an inheritance for us, but we have to go and get it. And it's it, the enemy is not just going to sit there and let you just take it easily. That's right. And you know, we're not replacing Jewish people. No, for sure not. This is incredible because within this family now, with uh, Isaac and Rebecca and the two boys, uh, there's a famine in the land. Uh, during the time of Isaac. There's a famine in the land. And uh, the interesting thing is that the Lord says, don't go down into Egypt. You are not to go down into Egypt. So uh, he is the child of the promise. So he doesn't go down to Egypt. Abraham has to go down to Egypt. Jacob has to go down to Egypt. Even Yeshua Jesus 
had to go down into Egypt. But he says, no, Isaac, you're the promise. You're not going to go down into Egypt. And so he receives, of course, the same uh, blessing that was given to Abraham. Uh, you can find this in Genesis chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. And so this is where uh, it gets to be a little interesting, uh, you know, when you think about certain patterns in your family. Uh, Isaac is going to dwell in Gerar, and uh, he, of course, uh, makes mention, just like Abraham and Sarah, that, oh, this is my sister. And uh, we know Abraham did this with Sarah in Genesis chapter 12, verses 11 through 20. Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Oh, this is my sister. Now, to Abraham, it was a half-truth. She was a half-sister, but... Uh, once again, Isaac is, is getting into a situation where he, you know, you know, he didn't want to die. Right. Well, and, and what is Genesis that? Genesis 26.9. She was technically his cousin. Yeah, why don't you read Genesis 26.9? Because this is why Isaac did what he did to say, hey, this is my sister. Because, you know, Rebecca's beautiful, just like, just like Sarah. Yep, that's right. And so, um, and Abim, well, so Genesis 26.9. Yeah. Is okay, this is the result after the fact. So in verse eight, and it came to pass when he had been there a long time, this is in Gerar, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold of a surety, she is thy wife. And how saidest thou, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. Wow, so he leaves very wealthy, and and it's interesting how you know even our own weaknesses, or in our circumstances, God's still going to bless us even though we mess up. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, when in 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 the same year that this story happens, uh, you're going to see where uh, Isaac's going to sow in the land, and he gets a hundredfold return in Genesis twenty six twelve. So he sows in the land, he gets a hundredfold return, and look what happens. He begins to grow. He begins to have great possessions and servants. Uh, and then, of course, who's going to envy Isaac's wealth and success? Who is it? Abimelech. The Philistines. Right. The Philistines, Genesis 26, 14. Remember, success will always bring jealousy. You know, uh, success will always bring jealousy. So, you know, when God gives the blessing, everyone... No one can take it. When you get a blessing, you get a blessing. No strings attached. It is incredible. And we see this theme a couple times throughout Scripture. You know, later on in Exodus, when Pharaoh is is worried about the Israelites and how well they're doing and prospering, and that you know they're going to become greater than us and then join with our enemies. This this fear has motivated people throughout all of history to to go against Israel, to go against God's people because they're afraid. Rather than than using. Uh, you doing the proper thing, which would be to join with them. Well, you know, it's going to be a contrast, Ryan. You're either for Israel or against Israel. I agree. You either love the Jewish people or you hate them. Right. You know, and, and just like with that mass shooting in the Pittsburgh synagogue of, mm -hmm. of 11 Jewish people dying, you know, the thing that we have to remember is that, you know, this is going to affect all of us all right. across the board. I'll bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse thee. So listen up, everybody. If you're listening to this podcast, you better be loving on the Jewish people, praying for them, lifting them up. Amen. Amen. Because what's going to happen is, is there's going to be some recourse now, you know, and so we got to rise up out of the nations and support Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, you know, in, in Genesis 26, 15, it says this, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Verse 16, And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. Wow. That's why he wanted him to, to depart. But what's the enemy doing? He's, he's, he's what? He's taking the wells, the enemy's taking the wells and filling them up with earth, with dirt. Out of spite. Get out of spite. That so doesn't help anybody. Nobody gets water. Yeah. So the enemy will always do things out of spite. Well, if I can't have it, you can't have it. And so here, here we have this interesting uh, play on this story. And so what's, what's Isaac going to do in regard to the, to the wells of Abraham? He's going to dig the wells again, Ryan. That's right. That's what we're doing. We're going back to the wells of Abraham today just like Isaac, just like Isaac, we're going back to the wells. And here's what's interesting. So uh, verse 18 says, And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called him. Now, 
you know, the wells here of Abraham, I, I believe, are symbolic. It's, it's um, you know, all throughout Scripture, God talks about giving water to His people. Um, and so I want to just go through a few verses here um, throughout Scripture that talk about water, the provision of water, giving of water, because really, what is water? Water is the Word of God, washing in the water of the Word. And so uh, I jump to um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 15, and it says, who led thee that great and terrible wilderness, through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of Flint. And how did God provide water for them? Out of the rock. And so they, uh, Moses struck the rock, and the rock followed them through the wilderness, and we know that that rock is Christ. So then uh, we bump into uh, up to Isaiah, and if I bump to the correct verse in Isaiah very quickly, let me just make sure that I have the right one. Uh, chapter 12 and verse 3, if I can find my spot, there we are. Uh, and, and so it starts actually verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And in, the day, in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Through thou was, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me, comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And so, uh, where do we draw water from? The wells of salvation, from Yeshua himself. And we're going to get up to that here in just a second. So then I move to Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 20, and it says, The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. And then just a little further down in chapter 44, verse 3, it says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring. So also this water is the Spirit of God. And how do we connect with the Spirit of God? Through God's Word. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Praise God. So yeah, then, I mean, that's incredible. So then we get to Yeshua in the... Uh, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 7, and verse 37. And here's what it says. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And, I, you know, so the wells here are, are of Abraham. These are the wells that... that uh, God and Abraham through covenant, through him going from place to place, dug these wells. And what did the enemy try to do? He tried to stop it up. So what yeah. does the enemy always try to do? The enemy always tries to distract us from the source of our water. And the source of our water is Yeshua. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you stop and think about it, the bottom line is that blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. So you put Yeshua first, everyone. Give him all the credit. Give him all the glory. You know, through him all things were made, by him all things were made, for him, by him. I mean, it's right there in Colossians. So Yeshua is is, is the reason. And, and so as we continue on, you know, uh, I want to share with you something that, that happened uh, to me, and it ties in, and I'm going to read the, the verse first, but in Genesis uh, chapter uh, 26, a few verses here. In verse 23, beginning in chapter 27 of Genesis, in regards to Isaac and Beersheba, you know, I had my own personal experience, but I want to tie it into this. And, and those of you that are listening, maybe you can relate to this. And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Verse 25, and he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. You know, Ryan, when I was sitting at this well in Beersheba, this is, they say it's the well of Abraham. Over 5,000 years of civilization has been here, and they've been doing archaeological digging. So that's incredible, a, a community that's 5,000 years old. I only share this because I was sitting at the well going over the 10 things that make up the Abrahamic covenant, 
I had this like revelation, this revelation, like, like, like Paul, you know, or Peter had this sheet come down. And so what happened is, um, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I see this, this, like this diagram, you know, and, and on the top it says Abraham's children, Abraham's children. Then this little arrow comes out to the left and, and here you have the Jews, right? And then another arrow comes down in the middle and it says Christians, you know, then an arrow off to the right, you have Muslims. So from Abraham comes the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims, right? We cannot deny this. God allowed this to happen. So digging a little deeper now. From the Jews, we have, of course, the, uh, you know, the Jews for Jesus movement in the 70s, right? Uh, Jews becoming uh, believers in, in Jesus as the Messiah. Call this the Messianic uh, Judaism or Messianic Jews, right? Uh, this is a fact. Everybody knows this. Among the Christians now, what do we have? We have the Jesus movement and everything uh, leading up to the, uh, to the 80s, uh, where we started seeing the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. You know, this is where all the Gentiles were coming into their Hebrew roots. And so uh, we're seeing this. And then, of course, we know that well, what happened among the Muslims, uh, we see basically what we're seeing today, and this is, this is nothing new, we see radical Islam. So you do have Shiite and Sunnis, those different sects, but then you also have the Taliban, you have, now you have ISIS. So, so all I'm saying is what's, what's, what's out there. We know the prophecy among Ishmael, his hand will be against everyone, everyone's hand against him. We can see that being played out, Ryan. For sure. Uh, nothing against Muslims, nothing against Christians, nothing against Jews. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just stating a fact. This is, this is a, you can do a fact check, okay? So as I'm sitting at this well, Ryan, in 2016 during Tabernacles at Beersheba, <laughs> this very place. I mean, yeah. The Lord like showed me, like, you know, I got all this under control. I did all of this. So we get all jacked up over Judaism, Christianity, or Islam, when in fact, you know, God allowed these children to be born, and this is playing out on the earth today. That's Everyone right. has a role to play. It's amazing to me, Ryan. And so I'm sitting there, and then the Lord says to me, this arrow drops down from the Hebrew Roots movement, and there's Beit Tehillah. See, Ryan, we're, we're no better than anybody else. But God has a mandate for us. Right. He has a job for us. He wants us to do something incredible. And so just, just food for thought. Food for thought, you know. And, and we're seeing this being played out at Beit Tehillah. So we're going to be moving on here because we do have a lot of stuff. But once again, uh, it's coming to pass. Um, of course, we're going to see where uh, Isaac's going to have to make a covenant. And he's going to have to make a covenant uh, with uh, Abimelech, who brings Ahuzath, uh, Phicol, the, the chief captain of his army. And uh, once again, they're going to make an agreement, Isaac and Abimelech. And, and, and of course, you know, why was this covenant made? Well, because the Lord was with Isaac and he was blessed. So they needed to come up with some kind of an idea or a covenant here uh, for both parties. And of course, they swore to each other, right? And of course, after this covenant was made, and this reminds me, Ryan, we got to be legitimate in the community. Yeah. We have to have fruit. We can't be a goofball. We can't be mean-spirited. We have to show the love of Christ. Uh, and so right after this covenant's made, Ryan, with, with the people of the land here, with the Bimelech, they digged a well and they found water. Boom. I mean, here we go. So as this story is playing out, we're, we're moving on to, of course, uh, Esau and Jacob's controversy here. But uh, Esau goes on to marry two Heatite women. Uh, and of course, you know, that, that didn't... Uh, do well with the parents. They were actually grieved in Genesis 26, 35. Uh, Isaac and Rebekah were grieved that Esau would take two Heotite women for wives. Uh, and of course, he was, uh, says, 40 years old, Judith, daughter of Beri the Heotite, Bashmath, daughter of Elon the Heotite. Can you look at Genesis 26, 34? Is this saying that Esau was 40 years old? And Esau was 40 years old. Very when he good. Took a wife, yep. Which also means that Jacob was 40 years old. Took a wife at 40. So it's a time of testing, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Maybe that wasn't a good test for him. Well, but it also means that, you know, uh, Mike Cromwell made the point last night that if Esau's 40, Jacob's 40. Right. They're both 40. Because they're twins. That's awesome. Good point, Ryan. Good point. Yeah, the, the, the chronological order of, of the dates and everything. Uh, moving on here. Now, here we go. So Isaac wants to, to bless Esau and give him this blessing, which is paramount. You know, he already sold his birthright, but he wanted that firstborn blessing uh, to receive at least that. And so, you know, Isaac asked Esau, because he's a man of the field, to, to go hunt some venison, uh, prepare it, and serve it to him, you know. And what's interesting is Rebecca overhears this. And uh, she's like, oh, man. Now, now remember, Rebecca already knew the elder would serve the younger. 
So she's going to take matters into her own hands, Ryan. Let's say, and now the hypothetical, let's just say that Isaac blesses Esau and gives him that blessing. God still would have fulfilled the elder serving the younger somehow, Ryan. No doubt. Well, you and that's this saying? is that whole idea. So, of so that's why we got, we got. So so here's why I'm telling the story. Rebecca's plan was was to give Isaac the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau, and to use trickery. So trick Isaac into thinking that Jacob is Esau, right? And so the mother Rebecca is going to go get you know two goats, you know two kids, and uh, and, and she's going to prepare a meal. But now she's she's going to actually pull something off here. She takes the skin of the goats and puts them on Jacob, like he's going to really be him. Of course, you know in the story his voice is going to be a little different. But he he actually goes before his father, and uh, Jacob succeeded in, in fooling his father that, that he was Esau and he received the blessing. Yeah, and there are some and he lied. Jacob lied. Yeah. But what did he do? He honored his mother. That's right. Well, and his mother exactly said what his mother, his mother said, you know, if there be a curse on you, then let the curse be on me. Right. And and you know, there's also midrashers that say that you know Jacob knew that it was it was. I'm sorry, not Jacob. Isaac knew that it was Jacob. Um, because he's like, oh, it's the voice of Jacob, but it's the, you know, but it feels like Esau. Right. Let's, let's look at the blessing here. Let's, let's, let's read the blessing. All right, let's do it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Let's, let's look at, uh, let's look at, uh, Genesis chapter 27. Ryan, if you could read verses 28. I do believe in 29. This is the blessing that Isaac gives Jacob, thinking he's Esau. That's right. Um, It says, Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Boy, there's a lot in there, Ryan. It sure is. Look at this. The fatness of the earth, the dew of heaven, plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. You know, this is incredible, Ryan, because I'm going to tell you something. In all my years of studying the prophets, I finally understood why we're supposed to be as Gentiles, the nations, coming alongside the Jewish people and helping them. Because it said we would. That's right. Now, we think that's we're a lesser citizen or a lesser class of people. No, God foretold... That a people would come out of the nations, Gentiles, and they would come alongside Judah and help them and bless them. Think about it. I mean, this this is really, really incredible. You know, this reminds me of Ruth and Naomi almost, you know? Ruth was a Moabite. Yeah. But she got absorbed into the commonwealth of Israel, Ryan. This is what's happening with us. I mean, think about this. What? Be Lord over the brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. So, Ryan, as we go forward and we fulfill this, you know what? Don't let nobody mess with us or the Jewish people. That's right. Well, right? And, and to your point of, of, you know, coming alongside the Jewish people and supporting them and serving them, uh, you know, I was talking to, to Ashley, my wife, the other day, and I was, you know, there's this idea in Scripture that we're going to have to call account to our life, that, that we die, we go before the Lord, and then everything gets laid out before Him, all the things that we did, and it gets lit on fire. And only the things of eternal consequence are going to be left. And those are the things that God called us to do that we fulfilled His His calling. And one of those things that we're called to do through Scripture is to be those nations that are coming alongside uh, God's people, whether that be Israel, the church, you know, so on and so forth, serving and loving uh, the people of God. And if we're not doing that, then we're not fulfilling our calling. But those are the things that are going to be there laid before the Lord that are going to last in eternity, that we are going to be able to, to present to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so so Esau comes back and finds out he's been tricked, you know, and, and even Isaac knows he's been duped. He can't take back the blessing. He gave yeah. it. He can't take it back. He gave it to him as the great patriarch, Isaac, as, as he is. And so Esau, he's going he's gonna to cry with a great and exceedingly bitter cry. He's going to cry. Oh, he's going to weep and howl. And, oh, my goodness. He said, but is there a blessing for me, Father? Can't I receive some blessing? And so we're going to look at Genesis chapter 27, verses 39 and 40. And Ryan's going to read that in, in, in Esau's blessing. This is what Esau gets. And, and you're going to see this being played out today. 
Yep, and it says, And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. Wow. Look at that. Now think about it. He says right here, And by thy sword shalt thou live. Wow, there's the violence. Yeah, no kidding. This, by the sword thou shalt live. What did Yeshua say? Take up the sword, die by the sword. And shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. So this, there's going to come a time, which is we already kind of see it now, where Israel is actually in the land, but I'm saying that um, Esau is no longer controlled by Israel. Right. Or, 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 or Jacob, you know? He's, he's his own man, his own person, own geographical area, whatever it is, whatever's happening right now. Israel is not dogging Esau out today. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of types and sh shadows and symbols and everything. Uh, we can get in all that, but but the bottom line is that uh, there's there's the blessing, you know? And that's what, that's what Isaac had to give him. And, you know, this wasn't just some halfway blessing. I mean, he really prayed it through and prayed the prayer. And, 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 you know, in hindsight, we can see where this is actually being played out today, especially referencing the sword. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that there's Ishmael and everything. And like even the, the state, the country's flag of Saudi Arabia has a sword on it. Yeah. You know, and so we can see this actually being played out. And uh, in Genesis 27, 41, man, Esau's like, hey, when, when, when father dies, you know, he's going to kill his brother. Which is interesting, because I was talking to Mike Cromwell after the service last night, and he was trying to make a point during the service that if you work backwards in the chronology, right. that uh, when Jacob goes to Laban, that Jacob is somewhere around 77 years old, which means they're both 77 years old, Jacob and Esau. Right. But uh, uh, Isaac doesn't die until he's 180, and so when you work it back the numbers, he's 60 math, years yeah. older... There's 43 years after Jacob says, or uh, Esau says this about Jacob, I'm going to kill my brother once my father dies. There's 43 years that go by. That's a good point. You know, so the reason he didn't kill him yet might have been because Isaac was still alive. Well, I'd have to do the math on that. I mean, so. And maybe, I mean, maybe yeah, his we'll anger have, did we'll, subside. We'll have, we'll have to look at that. Yeah, so, this is, my reference is Mike Cromwell, so if it's wrong, then we can blame Mike. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> you know, is he listening to the podcast? I don't know. We'll have to find out. So when Rebecca heard what Esau was going to do, she's going to try to save her son, right? She loves Jacob. Yeah. So she told Jacob and instructed him to go to her brother, Laban, in Haran until Esau's anger subsided, and then she would then have him back. Right. She would then have him back, you know. So this is what she's telling Jacob. Listen, go to my brother's house, let this thing cool down, and then we'll be back together. Yeah. But remember, she said, let this curse be on me. Mm. Jacob's never going to see his mother again. I know. He didn't know that. That's tough. It is tough. Yeah. I know all about that. It's tough, you know. Now, Rebecca's going to go to Isaac and say, hey, listen, you know, we need to have um, Jacob go find a wife, you know. This is why Rebecca's telling Isaac he needs to go to Laban's house. Right. So he can get a wife. Because what? They don't want them him marrying the, the Canaanites. Right. The, the women of the of Like Canaan. Esau did. Right, like Esau did. And, and so... Uh, Genesis chapter 28, verses 3 and 4. Ryan's going to read that. 28, verses 3 and 4. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. So Isaac gives Jacob a blessing before he leaves. And it's and the then, blessing of Abraham. This is the bestowing right. of the of the blessing of the seed and of Abraham. And let's go ahead and finish up with verses 5 through 9 as we finish up this particular Torah portion, Toldot. Let's read verses 5 through 9 of, of Genesis 28 in conclusion. All right. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padanaram to take him a wife from thence, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padanaram. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau into Ishmael and took unto the wives, un took unto the wives which he hath, which he had, Mahalath. 
the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajot, to be his wife. So, <coughs> Jacob gets the blessing from Isaac, right? So let's see this play out. Esau sees this. Right. I don't want you marrying outside the family. I need you to go up to, you know, to Laban's house, find a wife. Esau hears all this. So what's he going to do? He's going to stay within the confines of the family, go to Ishmael, and marry one of his daughters. Because this would please my mom and dad. See how it's all playing out? Yeah. It's the whole pecking order. It's sibling rivalry. I mean, this is going on everywhere. And it doesn't sound like he really uh, talked this through with his parents either. And he literally births an Ishmael, you know? I mean, he goes and takes a wife of Ishmael. And so Remember, everyone, God has given us these promises. Amen. We are heirs according to the promise. Because we are, in Christ, we are Abraham's seed, Galatians 3.29. But let me just encourage all of you. We can't make anything happen. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Ruach HaKodesh. And I know we talk about a Beit Tehillah settlement. I know we talk about making some inroads into the land. The Father will have to make a way. Because we don't want to birth an Ishmael. We don't want to jump the gun. You know, we don't want to be like Rebecca and take matters in our own hands. Right. Because this is going to play out again. You reap what you sow. So Jacob used a little trickery and he lied. He listened to his mother. But look where it got him. You're going to find out coming up, Jacob is going to be tricked. Remember, everyone, you reap what you sow. Be honest. Have integrity. Just tell it like it is, you know. Uh, I just tell it like it is. It's safer that way. There's there's no hidden motives, you know what I'm saying? Right. So be blessed, everyone, and uh, man, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, all those of you that are out there that are faithfully listening to this podcast every week. You guys... Uh, Give us great encouragement. We really appreciate you. Uh, make sure you guys like and subscribe and all that good stuff uh, on whatever app that you're using. Comment, uh, share it on social media, all of that kind of stuff. We greatly appreciate that. And uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, if you have questions or if you too would like a shout out, you can email me at ryan at topraise.net. Uh, if you have any questions or topics uh, that you want us to discuss, let us know. We've got some cool stuff coming up for you guys here in the future. And uh, we just really appreciate it. So uh, you can reach out to me again, Ryan at topraise.net. You can live stream our services at topraise.net or on any of our social media platforms on Saturdays at 11 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, also you can call the office if you need anything uh, at 813-654-2222. God bless you all and have a great week.